This recording has been produced by Christchurch Jerusalem. For more information, visit us at cmj-israel.org. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came out of the sea, each different from the other. Now verse 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts which are four are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading today, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 11, page 1146 in your church Bibles. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is in the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession of the praise of his glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, in the love of all your saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling." What are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Which he had worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. And blessed are you who weep now, 
for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy. For indeed, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner, their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. And woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. And woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Christ Church is always packed and overflowing. But this is especially packed and overflowing, and I hope that we have a sense on this great feast day in, uh, among the traditional churches, the liturgical churches, this is All Saints Day, one of the seven principal feasts of the church, that we have some sense of what we're celebrating today, that when we belong to Jesus Christ, not only are we not our own, but we are His but we belong to one another. And with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, they're not just watching us, but by the grace of his Holy Spirit, we are lifted into their presence and their eternal song, the communion of all of he uh, heaven, the communion of saints, uh, all those who are before the throne of the Lamb. It's their song, holy, 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 that we enter. Uh, we see through a gl uh, glass dimly, they in glory shine, beholding him face to face. And uh, this is a, this is a, a, uh, a, a earthly time uh, to, uh, what I like to say is remembering our future. Well, we remember our present right now in moments of worship like this, but if we can go away from uh, to uh, uh, remembering one thing from here, holding on to one thing, I'll always like to give you something. Oh, by the way, here's my sermon. <laughs> is uh, is uh, All Saints Day is with great thanksgiving for those uh, uh, who have served the Lord faithfully, uh, prophets, martyrs, confessors, apostles, uh, patriarchs, matriarchs, uh, great heroes of the faith, those whose uh, name is only known to God alone, as well as to all of us who are alive. We belong to Jesus, we belong to one another, we're saints, not by the perfection of ourselves, but because of his atoning sacrifice upon the cross. You belong to Jesus, you're a saint. We just have to learn how to grow up into him so that we shine uh, his love and his life as so many of the others great heroes of the faith did. I find this moment 
captured in our liturgy every Sunday, but especially today in, uh, at the time of Holy Communion, after we say, let us give thanks to the Lord, that we will pray, and now we give you thanks for the hope to which you call us in your Son, that following in faithfulness, the faithfulness of all your saints, we may run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Not worshiping the saints, not focusing on them, but looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith and of their faith. And therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name forever praising you and, and singing. And then we'll sing that holy, 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 which scripture uh, in Old Testament, New Testament records that is uh, forever being sung before the throne of the living God. And so we see in this, and we'll see in the scriptures today, an encouragement to persevere, an encouragement to, uh, uh, to endure, not holding on white knuckle like, Lord, get me out of here, you know, and sort of holding our breath underwater until we just sort of give up, but encouraged, commissioned by our Lord, not just, not just uh, saved for heaven, but recruited, recruited into that procession of conquering of, uh, of, of those who, St. Paul says, they, we are more than conquerors. So that procession of his people, known and unknown, great and small, all those who belong to him, belong to one another, from a holy scripture down through the centuries around the world that we now worship and we now uh, carry on our lives in that procession of those who are more than conquerors. No, you know, not mere victims holding our breath and holding on, but privileged uh, to, to serve him even when it's at great cost. Another uh, way this is stated within the Book of Common Prayer, we remember on this day, and this is a prayer for All Saints Day that has been used in the Anglican Church for centuries and it should sound exactly like the book of Hebrews that it's taken from. For in the multitude of your saints, you have surrounded us with a great cloud of witnesses that we might rejoice in their fellowship and run with endurance the race that is set before us. And again, as stated, together with them, receive the crown of glory that never fades away. I remember when I was a young man, I'd memorized the creed where it says, I believe in the communion of saints. And I knew that it was something good, but so much it was sort of like church words. And then I remember some 50 years ago attending a conference, very gifted speaker, and really began to open up in scripture what it means that we are the body of Christ. He is the head, but his fullness fills his body. And oddly enough, it was in a place called All Saints Cathedral. And the Holy Spirit just fell that day, and all of a sudden the tumblers clicked in place, and uh, by the Lord's grace, I just got it. I thought, these aren't just church words, but 
It's me who sees through a, a mirror dimly. And all those who have gone before, hundreds of thousands, thousands, millions, maybe even more, they are really the majority. And all of a sudden, when it says that we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, I began to understand Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, St. Paul, St. John, uh, my, my grandmother, uh, you know, aunts, uh, anybody who had gone before is, wow, we don't pray to them, we don't worship them, but it's important to the Lord. It's recorded in Holy Scripture that we need to realize that we don't walk with Jesus alone. We walk with Jesus with one another. And we need to be the body. And this body, the mystery of it that we celebrate in every service in the Anglican Church, most churches in Holy Communion, is uh, the living are united to the dead. We certainly don't pray to the dead. We don't try to communicate with the dead. But somehow there's a mystery there that we're blessed by that. And we need to marinate in that this day. Throughout my uh, 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 40 something years of ordained ministry, I've had the responsibility and the privilege to walk in the deaths of somewhere around 1,100 people. To not just bury them at the graveside, but to be through often the whole course of illness or tragedy or whatever. I walk along the grave, through the graveyard of uh, uh, my former parish that I served for 30 years, and I realized one day, and maybe you're getting this way too if you're getting older. <laughs> I think it's a pro something that goes with age, if, especially if you've been a disciple for a long time, that, oh my word, I know way, way, way more people who are now with the Lord than I know the living. There are more people that I buried in my congregation I think about 900 in that congregation, 1,100 total in my ministry, 900. We have people, 75 people worshiping on a Sunday, maybe 150 active, but I had buried over the years 900 of my sheep. Uh, and people say, you know, I'm 70 years old now. As you get older, that more of our time is spent reading the obituaries or, or, uh, or going to funerals. But the only thing I'm trying to do is, 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 uh, is, to, you know, is to give us a sense of our mortality <laughs> versus eternity. And we are to go and take, uh, uh, Scripture tells us, uh, uh, you know, in, in, uh, all, all throughout both Testaments, we heard from the Old Testament today, you know, the promise uh, that... Uh, to Daniel when he said the world's falling apart these four beasts are coming up and the four kingdoms and, and your saints are suffering and, uh, and, and it's spoken into him the interpretation no God's saints are going to inherit his kingdom and it will last forever and forever and forever and in Ephesians it says you know that, that, that we would know the hope to which we are called that inheritance with the saints and the hope of glory. And again, that's not to tell us to say, well, put me on a countdown, let me hold one white knuckled, and Lord, just get me out of here. It's to give us encouragement that we would say, Lord, I make myself available to you. Now, where and to whom do you want to send me? And we learn that little song when we're little, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine and say, Lord, where do you want to send me as your salt into a decaying world, your light into a dark world, your city on a hill amongst uh, 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 
powers and principalities that are marked by corruption and, and destruction and harm and death. Again, he has saved us not just for rescue only, but for recruitment to join that procession of those. And let me just read it for you from, from uh, uh, Romans. It's not one of our scripture readings today, but it was one that families would choose for almost every one of those 1,100 funerals. If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with us uh, give us freely of all things? Who shall ever bring a charge against us? It's God who justified us. Who is he who could condemn us? Jesus died and furthermore is risen and is right now at the right hand of the Son of God and he's continually praying for us. What can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? Can tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it's written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. But amidst all these things, we are more than conquerors. If we're going to remember today the future, Remember your identity in that future if you belong to Jesus. Remember the future that you are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. As a matter of fact, we need to quit thinking, uh, at least today, of me, I, but to think of we and us. Because he says, he is the head, but in his body dwells the fullness. We are by who we belong to. We are because we belong to him. But we, Jesus says, but who you are is how we belong to one another. Yet amidst all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature under heaven shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And, and just a little bit from we allude to, uh, uh, we, we reference in our prayers and in our liturgy all today that that, that uh, uh, revelation given by the Lord Jesus himself uh, to John, to us, his church, his people, uh, for encouragement. When he says, John says, I'm looking, oh look, look, behold, a great multitude which, which no man can number of all nations and tribes, peoples and tongues. They're, they're standing before the throne and before the lamb. They're clothed with white robes. Palm branches are in their hands, crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be God forever and ever, amen. Where do they come from? These are the ones who come out of tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb and therefore they are before the Lord of God, Lord God, and serve him day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will dwell with them. Mm. Wow. All that 
to enter into the gospel reading today where there was another big crowd that day. They came from the coast up north near where today of Lebanon. They came from the south, from Jerusalem and Judea where we are now. They came from all over. They came the curious. They came the demon-possessed. They came the crippled. They came the blind. They came those people hungry uh, for the word of God. They came critics or whatever. Just a multitude of crowds, thresh, uh, you know, and it says Jesus healed them all. And mustn't the, the hush of the crowd come over when that happened? And then it says Jesus looked at his disciples. At his disciples. And Jesus speaks looking out upon the sea of humanity that his heavenly father had called by divine appointment into him that day to speak of, of to dividing us into two groups. And the key is in that word, for the son of man's sake. It comes as the fourth, the blessed, but it sheds its light and gathers up all the rest with it. It's not, I'm blessing poverty and I'm cursing rich. I'm blessing one social class and I'm cursing the other. It's not alternative ways to salvation. But those who had already, uh, their identity is already established as disciples within Jesus. It says he looked at his disciples and human God become flesh to the human heart, to the situation as it was, as storm clouds were already, even early in the ministry, begin to gather around because of uh, uh, his works and his words, the declaration of his kingdom and his kingship because there were already people upset and plots to murder and the, and the shadow of the cross was already beginning to fall. Because Luke is going to take us through more events and then he's going to write about the early church in the book of Acts, talking about the persecution that the church would go through, the lives they would have to live uh, because of the name of Jesus. He says, for those of you who are mine and for my sake, it brings difficulty being a disciple because you know your spiritual poverty, because you're, 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 uh, you're, there are times where we'll, we'll have nothing, there are times where we may hunger, but yet amidst these things, we're more than conquerors to, because of he to whom we belong. So again, we need to clear about that. He's not saying is, if you're poor, you're saved, and if you're rich, you're going to hell. <laughs> He's saying, when you belong to me, you have an identity and an inheritance and a future which <sighs> says, the mind can't even conceive what it is. Plus, we have an abundance right now of just knowing whom we belong to and that we're his and having the fellowship of one another. So for my sake, when, it's, uh, when in the world you will find trouble, be of good cheer. You're a blessed person. 
You're blessed, no matter whether it causes physical hunger, whether it you know, causes uh, uh, poverty, whether it causes persecution, whether it causes martyrdom or death. It's enough and more than enough. It's an overflowing cup when you have that assurance that you belong to me. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. It's enough. But we need encouragement from one another. I think of St. Paul saying, I had almost lost heart and I wanted to get with you, he said in one of his epistles, so that we could put fresh heart in one another. We need encouragement. We need flesh and blood encouragement. We need to know of the stories of the heroes, of those who, who did uh, suffer for his sake. And the testimony is, it's the right and good and joyful way to go. It's the path of life versus the person of death. And then in the sorrows, in the woes, Jesus is not cursing people. Hear a broken heart of compassion. He's not predicting the future. It's like anybody can see this. If we're all wrapped up in ourselves, it's a pretty uh, small package. And if everything within our life is me, 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 my, 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 and, uh, and I'm just content, and I've known so many people like this, and you grieve in, their di- in life, you grieve when they're dying, you grieve at their graveside, you grieve as time goes on to say they thought that life was just fine the way they had built it, and one thing they were sure of is it was the small life that they built themselves was surely going to be much better than following Jesus. So I'll take my risk, I'll take my gamble. Yikes. We don't need to pronounce any more curses over that of woes. We don't need to add any condemnation. That's in the hands of God. But in here, the, when Jesus says woe, he's not predicting the future. He's not uh, putting curse. He's just stating what is clearly obvious, but he's stating with a broken heart. And that's why you know, he moves among them at times as a shepherd seeking for the lost sheep, as the physician seeking for someone who could admit, hey, I'm sick, I'll take your healing. He's not willing that any would perish. And it breaks his heart if they turn from him. But the heart of it is in, if we're blessed because we belong to him, and we are, and if we have this witness of those departed, of the great heroes of the faith, and if we have the encouragement, which we're to have, of being part of his body with one another, how do we live faithfully amidst this blessedness? And Jesus is very, very practical here. It said that uh, in one sense, he's, he's picking some things out of scripture that have been buried alive. <laughs> that so much around the day, what was, what was popular teaching was, don't do any harm to someone else that you wouldn't want done to you. Do no harm. And this is the sort, and all the rest is, is Torah. That's stated in the, in the, in the, um, in the negative working from a minus to a zero. I like to think of it as don't poke the bear because when the bear wakes up, he's gonna growl and he'll be hungry. 
And so it said, but when it said, well, just do no harm, don't do anything bad to someone that you wouldn't want done to you, that's um, uh, a sort of a time to time type thing. And it's very uh, practical advice, lest they take revenge or lest you poke the bear, poke the tiger, poke the giant and get him upset. You know, knock off the hornet's nest. But this, what Jesus stated, which can be gathered from scripture, but again, was buried alive in Jesus' day, was be continually, continually on the march, on the move, as a recruited, conquering force, not with violence, but with loving those about us unconditionally with the same love with which Jesus Christ has first loved us. And the key comes in the verses after. He says, why? I'm not giving you a new set of rules. He said, you couldn't keep the last ones. How can I give you a harder set of rules and you expect to do that? No, because you're sons of the Father. Or today, you're sons and daughters of the Father. You're children of the Father. So because of who you belong to and he is merciful, been merciful to us, and the sun rises and sets on everyone, and his mercy is poured out on everyone to open that door and to say, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Come to the king, even though some don't, woefully don't. So because that's who the father is for you, and God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish. He's not willing, he doesn't want that any should perish. Then we don't live in a white knuckled way hoping we soon get out and get to heaven, but we live in confidence of who we are and to move through life continually letting that light shine. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and so three practical ways. They don't cost a dime to do it, but yet they can change everything in a person's life, in a community, in a nation, in a dark world. To bless rather than curse. To pray for. To not hide but to, and be overcome by evil but just to step right out there and to overcome evil with good. Very, very, very practical things that anyone can do anywhere. And yet all examples of that posture of, of uh, uh, you know, that we call the golden rule, do unto others, keep on doing as you would have them do to you. Take the initiative. And why? Why? Not because we're trying harder, but because we belong to him. And, uh, as P and in, that, in that stepping out, in that obedience, trusting him, we're transformed too. And hopefully more of his life and light begin to show through us. Again, what does it tell us in another part of the Gospels? Not that when we do these things, not that people would say how great you are, but our heavenly Father would be glorified. Hear the phrase, chip off the old block. Why, you know, you look just like them. You got the same eyebrows, the same chin. 
You got the same sort of walk, the same mannerisms. You're really your father's or your mother's son or daughter. And when we live in him and he in us, we are to be, not try harder, but to be transformed, transformed by his power, his life, his light, his own life living through us. And then as we go forward to, how's this gonna work? Golly, this hurts. Boy, this hurts. And I'm to, I'm to love my enemy? I'm to bless them? Rather than curse, I'm to seek to do good. I'm to do the ultimate action of intimacy and goodwill in word and deed, to pray for them? Well, let me tell you what that does. And I gotta wrap up here. What that's saying is, we are not victims. When people suffer these things, hunger, poverty, persecution, or all the things that were in that, we can say, ooh, you know, because I'm suffering, I'm a victim. And scripture tells us, Jesus tells us, you are going to suffer these things, some more than others. But there is a, a, a cost of being his, uh, his conquering force in, in, um, uh, in the world, of going forth into the darkness, of going forth to decay, of going forth into places uh, uh, under other strongholds. But no matter what happens, our ultimate identity is we are not victims. If we go away from here, remembering the future this day with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, if we could be encouraged by this amazing gathering together and just realize this is just the tip of, this is just the, the tip, a little tiny drop of what's happening in eternity, of the inheritance that's waiting for all of us. You know, to realize and that we have been uh, uh, not just rescued for heaven, but we were recruited for right now. If we could just go forward to saying is, well, no matter what happens, my identity in Jesus and in one another is larger than this. You know, St. Paul says, if this is all there is, we're fools. Don't bother. Don't do it. This is crazy world. But uh, if, we, if we remember that eye has not seen or has the ear heard or can the mind even imagine what God has in store for us, not just in eternity, but what our trust and obedience might make in a person's life, a situation, a nation, or who knows? Boy, it's amazing. Yeah, we rejoice this day. We give thanks. We are not victims. We are uh, more than conquerors through him who loved us with an everlasting love that will not let us go. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.